And I'm Howie Silberger, the host of the Howie Silberger Show, right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you being here. I'm happy to be here myself. And uh, what a weekend it has been. There is a lot of stuff to talk about. I'd like to, um, I'd like to start our conversation with an incident that happened right here in Montreal, Quebec. I'd like to start our conversation with a synagogue desecration and the unbelievable, unbelievable act of desecrating a religious place, desecrating a place of, uh, of God, God's home. And uh, it's, it's, it's sickening, really, when you think that people went into a synagogue and took religious items and threw them into the toilet. What kind of hatred do you have to have in order to do that? And what perpetrated that hatred? Why suddenly, out of the clear blue, in the middle of a pandemic, when all these buildings are closed and nobody is really around to uh, defend them, would somebody go into a building... And perpetrate that kind of hate. Well, the only reason is that Jews have been the most hated people in the world for centuries. And just because we are all sitting at home and just because we are all doing our thing. And just because we feel like we're welcome in the diaspora. We feel that we're welcome in in, in this land that we are guests in. We are not actually welcome. And these kind of acts remind us that we are guests in these lands and remind us that, that no matter how comfortable we feel, no matter how happy we are, no matter how much we think we are in control of our destinies, we are really not. That there are haters out there who want to do us harm. There are haters out there who would like to see us disappear. There are haters out there who are not interested in, in interfaith uh, conversations who aren't interested in in in, in resolutions they aren't interested in being uh, in being friends in understanding each other in moral and religious education they're not interested in any of this they're interested in hate they're interested in destroying the Jewish people they're interested in driving the Jews out of whatever country they're in so if it's a synagogue desecration in Montreal and there was another synagogue desecration in Los Angeles, a synagogue desecration in Montreal, synagogue desecration in Los Angeles, uh, any of these kind of desecrations, any of these kind of, uh, any of these kind of actions are, are truly horrific and should be condemned universally. Now, the only people I've heard condemn these actions so far, the only people I've heard say anything that remotely sounds like a condemnation have been Jewish organizations. I haven't heard much condemnation coming from any other segment of society. That scares me more than the fact that there are some thugs out there who decide that going out and, uh, and desecrating a synagogue is a good idea on a Thursday morning. The fact that nobody, nobody at all, outside of the Jewish community has gotten up to condemn a synagogue desecration is repulsive, is repugnant. And we should all be upset and horrified that nobody cared that a religious organization, a religious institution, religious items were thrown into a toilet. Nobody seems to care. 
yeah, there were a couple of newspaper articles and uh, and, and some and some um, and, and some pat. Oh, we condemned this. We're outraged by this by Federation. But other than that, not a word was spoken. It's sad. It's scary. When something happens in a house of worship outside of the Jewish community, the Jewish community is normally the first ones to, to jump on a bandwagon and, and, and condemn it and say, we, we don't accept this kind of behavior. We, we don't accept this kind of hatred. This kind of hatred is not accepted in our society. We cannot sit back idly and allow this kind of thing to happen. We cannot sit back silently. But at the same time, I want to make the contrast here at the same time because it's an interesting contrast. Here we had a synagogue desecrated in Los Angeles and a synagogue desecrated in Montreal. Two totally opposite ends of the world, really. Two synagogue desecrations on the same day in North America. And Jews across North America haven't gone out to riot. They haven't gone out to beat people up. They haven't gone out to destroy businesses. They haven't gone out to burn down cities. They've condemned it. They've beefed up their security and they've moved on. Protest. And, and I advocate protest. And I advocate civil disobedience and protest. I'm, I'm a big advocate of civil disobedience and protest. But they should be directed at the people who are responsible for this, for, for whatever we're protesting. They should not be directed at the general population. Target did nothing to cause uh, the death of a young black man. Target did nothing, yet one of their stores was totally decimated. People went in and stole them. They robbed them blind. Somehow under the guise of protesting police brutality. The same weekend that uh, two synagogues were desecrated, the police in Minneapolis, Minnesota, murdered. A bunch of bad police officers murdered a black man. It was obvious it was murder. If you saw the video, it was clear as day murder. They held him down. The man begged for his life. He begged them to let him go. He begged them, saying that he couldn't breathe. And they held him down, kept their foot on his throat until he was dead. That, in my opinion, is murder. And I don't care what he did before. I don't care what the story was, why they stopped him. I, I don't care. It's, it's irrelevant. The fact is, he was handcuffed. He was subdued by the police. There was no excuse not to put him into a police car and drive him away and, and book him. There was no excuse to, to, to not pick him up and put him into the car. By keeping his, his, his knee on the man's neck while the man complained and cried that he couldn't breathe and begged him to take his knee off his neck because he couldn't breathe, that is murder. And that is unacceptable. Uh, that is unacceptable in any, in any situation, in any circumstance. That's unacceptable. Was it was it racial based murder? It's possible. I don't know. The uh, police officer and the and the gentleman who was killed seemed to have a past. They knew each other. So I don't I don't know if it was racially based or it was based on something else. But it's irrelevant. The fact is, the police should not have killed the man. Murder is murder. And these people should be put away. The people who murdered this man should be put away. Uh, and justice should be served upon these people. No doubt about it. 
but justice should also be served upon the people who are running through the streets, burning things down, running through the streets, beating people up, running through the streets, stealing, looting, and destroying society. These people should be arrested and charged with, with the mischief that they're causing. Well, I won't even call it mischief, with the terror that they're causing. They should be arrested and they should be tried for the, for, for the, uh, for, for the crimes that they're committing. One does not justify the other. You can't say that I am I'm legitimately protesting while beating the crap out of an old lady because she just happened to be sitting in the wrong place. You can't say I am legitimately protesting while looting a Target store. You can't say I am legitimately protesting while burning down a library. There is no excuse for that kind of behavior and is unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. Completely 100% unacceptable. And the same way I condemn the murder of the black man, and the same way I condemn the desecration of the synagogues, is the same way I'm condemning Black Lives Matter and Antifa, who are causing the disruption across the world. They have to be condemned universally. These are terror groups who, who, who take a situation, they exploit a situation, in order to, uh, to, to carry forth their, their anarchist vision. They want, they want anarchy, and this is the, they, they, they exploit every situation that they possibly can to promote anarchy in the streets. And this is unacceptable, and this is not something we should accept. And we could, we could condemn the violence of the protesters and also condemn the violence of the police. These two things can happen simultaneously. One does not negate the other. We do not have to, have to pretend that we support the beating up of old ladies who are just trying to protect their property, or the beating up of old ladies who are in a wheelchair who are just trying to get out of the way. We, can't, we, we don't have to pretend to support that, to say that killing the black guy was wrong. We, we don't have to pretend. Many people feel that any criticism of the protests that have been happening since the death of George Floyd, any, any criticism of that is somehow a... a somehow a, 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 a handout, a, hand uh, a support to the people who killed him. That is not the case. You could protest. You could be civil disobedient and you could give it to the man all you want. At any point that you want to do that, you can do that. And that is your right and that's what you should be doing. But the second it turns to violence, the second that other innocent people are being victimized, then that's when you have to say, all right, enough is enough. We've got to stop this. This is not acceptable. My not standing up and not talking about it and, and being afraid to say that these riots are wrong, the police were wrong in what they did, those cops were wrong, not every police officer is responsible for the actions of those three cops or four cops, not every police officer is, uh, is a racist. Not every police officer goes out and kills people. So we can't generalize like that. These four people did what they did. They were caught on tape. Thank God. They will be face justice, whatever justice they, they face. Is the system fair? It never is. But that does not justify destroying a town. That does not justify destroying people's livelihoods. That does not justify beating people up and killing people doesn't justify beating up police officers doesn't justify violence and mayhem that
that has been happening across the United States. You could be angry. You could be mad. You could feel that everybody has privilege except for you. And that, that's fine. Feel like a victim. Go ahead. But that doesn't give you the right to victimize other people. And that's what's been happening. They, people have been victimized. And that is wrong. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 if you want to talk to me here on the Howie Silberger Show. You can also uh, type a message in on Facebook, on uh, YouTube, on Periscope. You can type a message into the chat box and it'll pop up on my screen. I'll be able to answer you there. But I encourage you to call in at one 669 1292 there were there were plenty of play, there were plenty of times when people were being mistreated and they didn't resort to violence to protest the mistreatment. Martin Luther King did not resort to violence to protest uh, to, to, to try to get civil rights in the United States, uh, a right that should have been given to every, everybody anyway. but he didn't resort to violence. What he did was he did peaceful protests and he changed the world. The Mahatma Gandhi didn't resort to violence to fight the imperialistic British in India. It's peaceful protest. You could protest in the street. Hundreds of thousands of people could be in the street. And it doesn't have to descend into violence and mayhem and destruction and looting and, and all the other crap we've been seeing. This is unacceptable behavior. And we all have to say that this is unacceptable behavior. We cannot say that we support Black Lives Matter when it comes to violence. We cannot say we support the goals of Antifa when it comes to, man- when it comes to violence and the violence they're perpetrating on the people. If we do say that, and I know, I know, I know, a lot of you are afraid. I, I understand the fear. A lot of people are afraid that if we say we don't accept this violence and that Antifa and Black Lives Matter are terror groups, they always have been terror groups. They've been terror groups since day one. A lot of people are afraid that if we say this, and if we say it out loud and we say it loud enough, then we're going to be considered racist. That people are going to say, oh my gosh, if you don't support these people, then you are supporting the people who killed this guy, and you are a racist, you are a Nazi, because that's what leftists do. They call you Nazi when you disagree with them. You're always a Nazi. If only they knew what Nazism really was. Maybe they'd think twice about calling people Nazis, but, but, but that's what happened. They start calling you Nazis. They, they, and I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. Because the truth is that I'm standing up for, for the rights of everybody. I, 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 I'm an equal opportunity condemner. I, I don't, it doesn't bother me to condemn everybody who does wrong. If people are doing something wrong, they should be condemned. And it should be condemned universally. Everybody should be speaking up and saying, this is unacceptable. Yet there aren't very many voices that are doing that. On my Facebook feed, and uh, I have about 3,000 friends on Facebook. On my Facebook feed, I am watching uh, my Facebook feed very carefully. As I, as I do all the time. And uh, there have been very few condemnations of, uh, of this kind of violence, of this kind of uh, terror. That is being perpetrated against the people of the United States. Very few and far between. To me, that is a scary prospect. Why are people not condemning this? I don't understand why people would be condoning this. It doesn't make any sense.
But yet, here we are. People are condoning it. In fact, a couple of people, a couple of my friends, actually posted up a Black Lives Matter logo and uh, support for Black Lives Matter. What? How could you support Black Lives Matter? If you're Jewish, you shouldn't support Black Lives Matter because they support BDS and they've called for the destruction of the state of Israel. So if you are an Israel supporter, supporting Black Lives Matter is, uh, is not the best thing to do. And if you are a humanitarian, you are somebody who cares about life and somebody who cares about law and order and somebody who cares about uh, the freedoms and, the, uh, and, and, and people being able to live in liberty, then you should not be supporting Black Lives Matter either because they are, they are exactly like Antifa. They are a terror group who are out there to terrorize people. And they jump on every opportunity, every single opportunity out there to try to terrorize as many people as possible. It's, uh, it's, it's a scary situation. If you look at some of the videos that are being posted, and there's, there's a lot of video being posted from right across the United States, you see that, uh, that they're attacking women, they're attacking children, they're attacking, uh, they're attacking old people, they're attacking store owners. And what are the crimes of the people they are attacking? What are the crimes? Why, why are they attacking these people? What are these people? What did these people do? Number one, they're white. So therefore, of course, white privilege. So white privilege has to be attacked. So everybody who's white, anybody who's a skin color, uh, whose skin color is not black, uh, is white privilege. And therefore, white privilege has to, be, has to be condemned. That's not racist philosophy at all, by the way. Not at all. That, uh, that, that because of my skin color, I have, I have privilege. Give me a break. Give me a break. But I don't want to get into that conversation right now. That's not something I want to talk about right now. We could talk about that some other show. And they are store owners, so they must be rich. But what does this have to do with protesting the murder of a, of a, of a gentleman in Minnesota by three or four police officers? Why, how does killing a woman who owns a store, beating her over the head with a two-by-four, how is that protesting a murder. You can't protest murder by murdering people. It's counterproductive. I, you can't say I, I, I'm disgusted by murder when I'm killing people. It seems, it seems that this, that this murder of, the, of this poor guy has, is, only, is only an excuse for thugs to go out and to attack other people and to, and to do their thuggish things like steal and loot and murder. And it amazes me because uh, just yesterday, maybe it was even this morning, I don't remember if it was yesterday or this morning, President Donald Trump posted up that you know, these thugs should be taken care of and that, that these thugs should not be allowed to be on the street. And he was criticized for calling people thugs, for calling people running through the streets, lighting businesses on fire, attacking police officers, banging people over the head with two-by-fours, in one case shooting and stabbing people. Calling those people thugs was somehow uh, a, great, a great insult to, to everybody who's protesting this, this, this murder of this, this black guy. I protest the murder of the black guy. I'm not out on the street banging up people and shooting people and, and hitting them over the heads with, with, with sticks. I have a voice. I'm, I'm using my voice. I, I'm protesting peacefully. 
because I think that this should be protested. This is not something that we should sit by idly and, and, and not talk about. But at the same time, I do not believe that we should be destroying other people's property. I, I will not go out to a riot because there is, there is no constructive purpose to rioting. No constructive purpose to looting except making yourself a criminal and being thuggish. And when the president calls you out for being thuggish, people shouldn't be upset. People should not say, oh, the president's racist because he called them thugs. You know what? Anybody who is standing outside and hitting somebody else, anybody who's standing outside and destroying somebody else's property, anybody standing outside and breaking into somebody else's store is a thug. End of story. They're a thug. You can't not be a thug. You can't, you can't behave in that way. You can't do what they're doing and not be a thug. The people who broke into the synagogues in Los Angeles and Montreal and defaced synagogues in Los Angeles and Montreal, they're thugs too. You can't, you can't do this. You can't behave the way they're behaving and not be a thug. So condemning the president for calling these rioters a thug is, um, is, is, in my opinion, absolutely acceptable. Absolutely acceptable. And, and, and probably the most appropriate term used to describe the people uh, who, are, who are out in the street destroying other people's lives. Now, you may agree with me, you may disagree with me, that's fine. You could go either way, and I'm fine with that. You can call me, one 669 1292 if you do agree or disagree with me. The lines are open, and that's why I have open lines. Because I'll express an opinion, and I have open lines. If you disagree with me or you agree with me, you could call in and you could talk to me about it. And I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with you. And, and if anybody out there could, could explain to me how burning down houses and burning down businesses and beating up old ladies with sticks is somehow a protest against police brutality. By committing brutality yourself, you're protesting against police brutality. If anyone could explain this to me, I would appreciate if you called in. Because maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm, maybe, maybe I'm totally misdirected. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong direction. Maybe I'm not educated enough to understand this. And trust me, I understand, I understand violence. I've been around violence a lot in my life. I understand violence. I understand thuggery, because I've been around thugs a lot in my life. I understand thuggery. I understand a lot of what's going on. But I don't understand how this is a legitimate protest against, against police brutality. You can't commit brutality and then say I'm against brutality. If you're committing brutality, you're definitely not against brutality. It, it doesn't work that way. You can't have both ends of the stick. It's one side or the other side. Either I'm for peace... And therefore I will have a peaceful protest. Or I'm for brutality. And I'll have a brutal protest where I'll beat people up and blow things up. And by beating people and blowing things up, I will say I, I support brutality, just not brutality against my people. And you know what? If they came out and said that, that they support brutality, just not brutality against their people. If anybody came out and said that, any, any of these Black Lives Matter people, any of these Antifa people, if they actually got up and said, I support brutality, just not against my people, I would respect them more. Because at least they're being honest. At least they're being straightforward. They're saying, listen, listen, 
don't beat up my people. My people are special. You can't beat up my people. But I could beat up your people. Okay, at least you're being honest. I may not agree with you. I may not support your philosophy. I may not support what you, what, what you, what you want to do. I may not agree with you. But I could respect that you are honest enough to express your opinion. I could respect that you are honest enough to say, listen, this is, uh, this is what I believe in. Okay, fine. Good. I, I'm happy that you're honest. I mean, you're, you might be an idiot, but I'm happy that you're honest. But to get up and say, and, and to get up and say that we are, uh, we're protesting the death of, uh, the, the murder of this man by murdering other people, by stabbing people, by slashing their throats, by spraying acid in their faces, by beating them with sticks, by burning down their homes and their businesses, by looting Target stores and Walmarts, by burning police cars, by stabbing police officers and slashing their throats, to say that I'm protesting the murder of somebody by doing that? You, you've lost the argument before you even started. You've lost the discussion. There's nothing to talk about. How could you possibly say that we want you, we want, we, want, we want society to stop beating us up, to stop killing us? I saw a bunch of videos of people crying saying, we want society to stop killing us. Please stop killing us. Fine, I can empathize with that. I, I, want, I want people to stop killing other people too. I, I don't like racism the same way nobody else likes racism. I've been the victim of racism and I don't like it. But at the same time, don't commit racism against other people. You can't protest racism and be a racist yourself. It doesn't work. It can't work. It's oxymoronic. You can't say, I hate brutality and then brutalize people. You can't say, I believe in gun control and then own an AK-47. It's, it's, it's oxymoronic. You're, you're a hypocrite. If you want people to take you seriously, if you want protest, if you want your protest to mean something, if you want the protest to, to say something and to mean something, the only way to do that is to have a peaceful protest and actually put forth ideas, put forth suggestions on how to change society, run for office, change the world from within. It's the only way to do it. Brutalizing people, killing people, maiming people, destroying property, robbing people. It's not the way to do it. And this happens over and over and over again. It's a cycle. It keeps happening. Every few years, there's, a, there's something that happens to the black community. And I hate to point out the black community, but unfortunately, they're the only community that goes out and riots. And they're the only community that goes out and robs and loots and kills people when they feel they were slighted. There's nobody else that does that. Even the radical Muslims that commit terror attacks when they're slighted, they don't go into the street and kill people and blow up buildings. Nobody does that. And everyone's afraid to stand up to the black community. All law enforcement is afraid to stand up to the black community. And race baiters like Jesse Jackson and, uh, and Al Sharpton go out there. And they rile up the community. So they go out and they, and they do this. Do the, exactly what we're seeing happening today. And It's sickening. It's sickening. If you look back, you look back, I mean, you know, just a couple of years ago, we had Ferguson. It was the same story. Uh, a guy was killed by, a black guy was killed by police, and there were riots for three weeks. 
millions of dollars of damage in property. Before that, uh, we could go back, and we keep going back, and go back to 1990 and the Crown Heights riots, and you could go back even farther than that. Every time that something happens, these le- the leadership gets up and riles up the crowd, and now you don't even need the leadership anymore. Now you have Antifa, and you have Black Lives Matters, and these groups rile up the crowds and call for and call for anarchy, and then try to practice anarchy on the rest of society. And that's what we're experiencing today. And we shouldn't accept it, and we shouldn't be happy about it. We should all condemn racism. Clearly, racism is terrible. Racism has to stop. In 2020, there should be no racism. And if racism does exist in the police force, then that police force should be dismantled and should be rebuilt from the bottom up. The racists should be rooted out of the police force and, and, and good people should go in there and the police force should be taken over because people should be able to protect them, to, to, uh, to trust the police who are there to protect and serve. And if there's any reason you can't trust the police, then, then, then that police force should be dismantled. Period. Nobody should be killed for the skin color. Nobody should be killed because of their religion. Nobody should be killed because of who they are. And nobody should be protesting and killing other people. You could condemn one and you could condemn the other. They're not mutually exclusive. I condemned the killing of this, this poor black guy. I watched the video. I tried not to, but I ended up watching the video. I heard him begging for his life. I heard him begging the cop to take his foot off his neck that he couldn't breathe. I heard him being really polite, saying, please, sir, I can't breathe. Could you take your foot off my neck? I heard him say it. There is no question in my mind that this man was murdered. And I condemn that. And I hope that the perpetrators of that crime, whether they're police officers or regular civilians, get the maximum sentence that they could possibly get for committing a crime like that. I hope and I pray that the justice system works. Most of the time it doesn't. But I hope and I pray that it works. But at the same time, at the exact same time, I condemn the thugs that are out in the street destroying people's property and beating people up. I condemn these protests, these riots. I won't call them protests. They're riots. I condemn these riots and the leaders of these riots because they are misusing, misappropriating an event for their own personal gain. The leaders of of these riots are, are, are used the death of this poor guy for an excuse to push anarchy, to, for an excuse to go and steal and rob and murder, to commit their mayhem that they, that they dream of committing. And that's the sad part about the whole thing, is at the end of the day, after all this is over, when we get to the end of these riots and the end of these protests, nothing is going to change policy-wise because there were no intelligent arguments put forth to change anything. And the only thing anyone's going to remember about this whole incident is not that this poor guy was killed by four corrupt cops, four murderers, but that the black community went out and destroyed five cities. And that 12 people were killed and whatever, whatever the numbers are. I don't even know what the numbers are anymore. That's all that's going to be remembered from this whole thing, and that's a bloody shame. Because if you're going to go through this whole effort and you're going to be outraged 
and you're going to protest this kind of police brutality, and it should be protested from, from corner to corner, from one corner of the earth to the other, then at least your protests should effectuate some kind of positive change. The second you lift a hand, the second you start burning a building, the second you turn over a police car, the second you stab somebody and bang somebody in the head with a brick, you've lost your negotiating power. Now you're just a bunch of thugs. And that's the bloody shame. It's a missed opportunity, yet again, to effectuate change and to demand change. Such a shame. I'm Howie Silberger. It's the Howie Silberger Show. You can call in 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292 to get in on the conversation. And uh, I know I equated, I equated the, the, uh, the, the protests, the thuggery of the protesters, uh, the rioters. I keep calling them protesters. I, I, I shouldn't call them protesters. We should use real words here. Uh, they're actually rioters. And I know that I, um, I equated the, the, the thuggery of the rioters with the people who desecrated the synagogues in Montreal and Los Angeles. And, um, and I don't regret doing that because thuggery is thuggery and I don't care what you're doing. Hatred is hatred. And if you're beating up white people because you're black and you're angry that some white people, some white people killed a black guy and you're killing or beating up white people who are innocent, who haven't done a thing, then you're no better than the cops who beat up the, uh, who, who, who killed the guy. You're, you're the same thug that they were. You're the same, same piece of garbage that they are. And if you, uh, if you support the synagogue desecration, and you don't stand up and condemn that too, well, then, uh, then, then you're just as guilty as these synagogue desecrators are. And I haven't heard too many people condemning those synagogue desecrations. It's been pretty quiet, which is kind of sad and, and shameful too. I'm Howie Silberger, one 669 1292 It's the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. We are, uh, we are heard live, which means that you could call in. And, of course, uh, if you don't want to call in, you could type in a message into the, uh, into the message boxes on Facebook, on Twitter, or on YouTube. And I will be more than happy to respond to them. Uh, joining me now is my long-suffering producer, Mr. Sheldon Eric Freed. He, uh, he, joins me every, um, he joins me every week here on the Howie Silberger Show. Hi, Sheldon. Oh, one second, Sheldon. Let me turn you on. I turned you on, Sheldon. Now you're on. Turn me on. I'm a radio. Okay. How are you? <laughs> I am excellent. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Just been a very rough week. Yeah. Uh, just uh, just a, a, sense of, a senseless tragedy in both in the death of a, a person uh, from four police officers. Uh, one has already been taken into custody and has been... Uh, charged obviously has not been convicted yet and the other three are under a lot of pressure public pressure for them to also be uh, charged and be taken into custody uh, Derek Chauvin that was the police officer responsible for kneeling on this on that uh, poor gentleman who was already subdued on the ground and like you were saying as I was listening to you he was pleading and begging for his life he was being very polite he was not showing any resistance of any kind to the police. And even before that, there was a video that was released and they were sh it was showing that he was taken to a bench from his car. And then he was taken to another to across the street to the car. And then that's when uh, another fairly new video came to light and saw the other three 
three officers subduing this person. He was already in handcuffs. Again, there was no physical altercation as far as he was concerned. Um, it was a senseless tra tra uh, tragedy because even when the knee was in this gentleman's neck, he was pleading. He was already subdued. There were people, bystanders, that took videos of this. They kept begging the police officer to let him go. And the police officer refused. Uh, Derek Chauvin refused to let him go. And then he slipped into conscious uh, to, to uh, like he passed out. And he still had his knee in the, on, the, on the back of his neck. It was absolutely deplorable misconduct. It was absolutely horrendous. I do agree 100% what you said, Howie, about the rioting and the looters, because there was definitely a better, a much better, more powerful way to disagree with police brutality. And this was not the way to loot, uh, to loot businesses. And there were riots from all over the United States, from Milwaukee all the way to Los Angeles. And if you remember the Rodney King uh, incident that happened 30 years ago, there was 60 people murdered that were killed and 1.2 or $1.5 billion in property damage just in the city of Los Angeles, population of 8 million people. So needless to say that Minneapolis looks like a, a war zone. There was a, a, a business, uh, there was some kind of an auto parts store locally owned and operated that completely burned to the ground. There was even a black businessman that was saying to the protesters, how come you burn my business down? How come you burn my car down? What did I ever do to you? And he lost his business. A person, a, a, a hardworking business person that wanted to provide for him and his family. Why was his business targeted? Why were all these stores looted? From good all question. Across the Why were these students like none of these stores had any responsibility of what happened with these pol police brutality measures. And it, it absolutely just, it just defined the imagination of why they took such a, a situation like that. Like you said, they missed the boat in terms of really taking a peaceful protest and turning it around and saying, you know what, this is not right. And then put pressures on the politicians. You know, the I, hate, I, I hate to say it, Sheldon, but... Um... But taking the example of those Parkland students, the ones who, uh, the ones who survived the uh, Marjorie Stoneman uh, High School shooting in Parkland, mm -hmm. Florida. Mm -hmm. So you had a group of kids who survived the school shooting, who instead of going out and trying to wreak revenge uh, against society for, uh, for, for, for allowing school shootings, and there are hundreds of school shootings a year, they decided to uh, take matters into their own hands, and they uh, they went and they protested, and they peacefully protested, and they pushed pushed for gun controls, and they got them in certain areas. So yep. I mean, you know, you know, sometimes you get more with honey than you get with uh, than you get with a bat. Of course, because you know what? At least it shows discipline, yeah. and it shows con it it shows it's a consensual problem. And you know what? As they say, two wrongs don't make a right. But how, so, how how could you possibly ask people to to empathize with you when you're when you're being thuggish against other people? How could well, you say I I I, 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 I oppose I oppose uh, racism when I'm being racist against somebody else? How how does that happen? How how could you possibly how could you possibly expect people to take you seriously? Well, in a in a case like that, it's I it's not going to be taken seriously because even the Minnesota governor. And uh, the district attorney saying by these kind of protests and these kinds of thuggeries, that's not going to 
I mean, let's put it this way. The district attorney has moved very fast and already charging. Yeah, in three days. Uh, charging yeah. a person in three to four days. Because uh, this happened on Monday, and he was taken into custody, I believe, yesterday. Uh, his house has already been patrolled by police because already there's been uh, trouble at uh, Derek Chauvin's house that people have showed up. He does have a family. His wife is seeking divorce from him by what I've, what I've seen. So obviously the wife was the wife was very appalled by soon to be her ex-husband's antics because she, I guess she didn't she didn't expect. Now, if they have any kids and they're going to school, I would feel bad for the kids because the kids had nothing to do with it. The wife had nothing to do with it. Yet they're going to their house. Now, the thing is, if you have a peaceful demonstration in front of the house, that's one thing. If you're going to start throwing and looting and throwing Molotov cocktails, that completely defeats the purpose in peaceful, uh, peaceful protest and actually, you know, people getting their way and getting their point across. And I think, and that is the biggest problem. Now, there's been rioting in every major American city. There's been rioting at the White House. Yeah. Uh, they, the, they had to lock, uh, they had was, to lock down the White House earlier today. They had, they had to lock down the White House. Uh, now, I was just looking just before we went to air that there was five, up to four to 5,000 people that protested in Montreal. By what I've seen through CTV News, there has not been any violence yet. Now this Thank is God. What, uh, yeah, this is what I've seen. Now, I don't know, like things could change from minute to minute, hour by hour. I don't know. Uh, they started assembling at approximately four o'clock local time. And there has been a march to the head police quarter, uh, police quarters at uh, De Maisonneuve and St. Urban. Uh, so far, there has not been any violence. So thank God for that. Now, if they can get four to five thousand people to protest peacefully, that's one thing. And there's a, you know, people do have a lot of ties for people in the United States. It shouldn't be so hard to get people to protest peacefully. There should not be well, an effort. People should well, be naturally because- want to be peaceful in their protests. If you protest peacefully, you will get your point across a lot stronger uh, than you will when you start rioting. When you riot and looting, it completely defeats the purpose. I believe, I strongly believe, and I've always believed, that there is a time and place for violence. And sometimes violence is the best way to get your message across. Uh, There Mm -hmm. is a time and a place for violence. But but mass violence and attacking innocent people is is not the place and time for it. Uh, now, there was, what, two or three police stations in the Minneapolis area alone, Howie, that's been uh, set on fire? Yeah, plus a library, plus a plus yeah. Target store, plus a Walmart. I, you know, exactly. So what are these places? Now, not every single police person is corrupt. Not every no. single police person would have done this. So what about the other police uh, personnel that don't do that, that do they have to be the powers of the law. They have to be punished. You don't understand. This is a yeah. a group mentality. This is a punish everybody mentality. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's either all or nothing, and you know it's like a, they, it's either a black or white area. Excuse the pun. And there's no gray areas, and there's many gray er- gray areas, and that's not being respected. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, these all of these four police people should be prosecuted to the fullest extent that the law I, be I locked agree. up and throw away the key. Because they're, they're, I mean, thank, I mean, the only, the only saving grace is the fact that no, uh, no law enforcement agency can discredit any of this because this was all caught on video around the world and went viral God knows how many times. Okay, but, but Sheldon, nobody's denying the fact that these guys killed. No, no, I know, but I'm saying, well, nobody's denying the the fact. With the extent of the video capabilities now were uh, versus what have, what have happened 30 or 40 years ago. 
You know, you would not have ca captured all this on on video, and then it went True. viral. I mean, there was there was no way there was no way that the attorney general, the district attorney, you know, the governor, whatever, or the mayor of Minnesota, could not dispute any of this. This was completely caught on video. This was completely in 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 so many ways. Look, even a CNN reporter was arrested. Why was he arrested? Yeah. You, you know, why was this cameraman? Why was this crew arrested? Why not? He was, he was reporting the facts. He was reporting. He was, they, they CNN's Atlanta him. office. CNN's Atlanta office. The headquarters of CNN was, uh, was firebombed today. Which, which also, because I, and I also think, not that I think it's right again, but I'm saying that I believe it also housed the cop station too. Yeah, probably. I think it also housed yeah. the police station, if I'm not mistaken. Again, why was that? Why was that torched? Why was that? I mean, there, there, there are people in CNN that were just reporting the facts. They could have been killed. Well, what about other policemen that, that just do their jobs every but, but day? The, and question themselves... is, the question is, aside from these specific places that were bombed, why is there any violence at all? Well, exactly. I don't understand why, why, why they're using violence to try to protest violence. You it would, doesn't make sense to me. This. And, you know, you, you know, Sheldon, we see this uh, every year. Montreal has the police brutality march. Where uh, where they go out and then you know people who uh, anarchists come in and they they start beating people up and and the police brutality march turns into a big big violent protest. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Now, I don't understand uh, why legitimate protesters and there are a lot of legitimate protesters. <laughs> people are just upset about this and wanted to go out and express their upset and that's fine. Uh, I, I agree. If you should be on the street protesting this, everybody should be on the street protesting this. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, why, why, why do they allow these people to be part of them? Why do, why, why, why would the average protester, when you see that things are starting to get violent, just leave? But what they did was they jumped into the stores and they started looting them with the everyone else. I mean, it, yep. it's just, it's just, it's just mind-boggling. To me, it's mind-boggling. It, it's just, it's, it's always worries me about any kind of massive crowd gatherings. Like I remember on a sporting event when the Montreal Canes won the Stanley Cup, the last time they won the Stanley Cup. It all started very peacefully. People were uh, going on St. Catherine Street and they were, you know, they were happy. They were singing. And all of a sudden, a couple of people decided, well, this is not interesting enough. So let's take a Molotov cocktail, throw it into a store. And all of a sudden, people started losing, uh, looting stores. All of a sudden, police cars were turned over, set on fire. Police didn't even do anything at the time. They were just there for security, just to make sure people were, you know, uh, Safe. walking and, and just doing their jobs. They were not doing any any kind of battery, any kind of tear gas or anything like that. All of a sudden, a peaceful pro a peaceful uh, a celebration in a usually a peaceful city, and I'm saying usually yeah. a peaceful city. All of a sudden, a sporting event turned turned wild. So, yeah, like, you because know, there are there are groups out there who are anarchists who exploit any situation to try to push their anarchy agenda, yeah. and this is I, what's I, happening. I, uh, you know what? I, we, I, you, you take a look at the United States, Howie, yeah. and you th you know you think it's a, a very, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, land of the free, home of the brave, and then you see actions like this. And Minneapolis is usually a very peaceful city. Yeah, you never hear usually, of anything in Minneapolis. You very rarely hear anything. I mean, it's a major, it's a, ma a major city, not as big as Chicago, LA, New York. But I'm just saying. But you know, like you take situations like this, and all of a sudden, Minneapolis, like St. Paul across the river, 
Yeah. There was, there was, it, it, they enforced the curfew. Everybody, there was a peaceful demonstration. And then when they had the curfew, everybody went off. There was very, very peaceful. Because I remember the St. Paul mayor, they call it the Twin Cities. The mm-hmm. St. Paul mayor was saying everybody respected there was no problem. But Minneapolis, when this happened, they even put an area where this incident took place. They put like uh, cones and they put like reefs down to, to memorialize what happened. And, and, and all of a sudden, all hell broke loose in a city which is usually very, very peaceful. Look, if you even take Pittsburgh, like if, when, the synagogue, when the synagogue got uh, fire, uh, what was shot it? Up. When, the, when the shooting shot up, yeah. Pittsburgh, you usually don't hear any problems with Pittsburgh. Philadelphia, yeah. Another, you know, Philadelphia has a, a S load of problems. Uh, Detroit, St. Louis, et cetera, et cetera. But Pittsburgh, no. And then Minneapolis, no. And all of a sudden, all these major look, even there's protests in South Dakota. I don't know if that got out of hand in Iowa, in, uh, in right across in the United Kansas States, City, almost everywhere in the across, States. Yeah. All across the United States. So like, you know, I mean, I have a cousin that lives in the outskirts of Nashville, Tennessee. Thank God he's not in the, you know, I don't know what's, what's the story with Nashville. I, I do have cousins living in Queens, New York. I know they, they were, they haven't gone into the city since this whole COVID-19 um, stood by. Now you got COVID-19. But isn't it amazing that the rioters don't care about COVID-19 anymore? Of course, they, the rioters don't care about anything. Yeah. You, you know, like if you, if you, let's, if, if they don't care that they kill anybody in the process, innocent people, or torch innocent businesses, or go out and loot innocent stores, why are they why are they going to care about COVID nineteen? True, because they wouldn't care anything. A life is a life, so they don't care. They don't care. They figure all these thousands of people that are going to get together, masks, no mask, whatever the case is, fair amount of them were masks, a lot of them were not in masks. Yeah, uh, and but the mask may not have been for health reasons. Well, no, well, exactly, yeah, because for disguise and everything else, and then you know so. Is, are they really going to care about COVID-19? Of course not. They're not going to care about COVID-19 because they, they, they don't care about lives without COVID-19. You think they're going to care with COVID-19? No. All right. So we got a question. Uh, Brian Bloomer asks, has Trump denounced what happened in Minnesota? And the, uh, the answer is, yeah, he did. He did. This, uh, he did all week. He's been saying how horrific it is. And he's been calling for uh, the justice system to take action against the police officers. Well, I think they they also called in the National Guard, so I think they were going to call yeah. up to 11,000 National... 11,000! Well, you have to control the crowds. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Imagine 11,000 in a city like Minneapolis. I don't even know about L.A. or the other, because L.A. too was very... Uh, L.A. had a very bad day today also in terms of rioting. And New York City was bad, so I don't know if they were going to call... They were going to probably call... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they um, call in another... Fifty or sixty thousand, if there's available national guard for these major cities, because they have to. They got. They got to really, really nip this in the bud as much as they possibly can. And already it's out of hand. Like already it's really way out of hand. You know what? There was even a thing in Minneapolis, Howie, the other day, yeah. that firefighters tried to get to the to douse the fires in the building, and they were stopped by protesters by these thugs that prevented. Shall the priest? From- can we stop calling these people protesters? They're not protesters. They're rioters. They're rioters. They're thugs. They're rioters. Let's let's use let's use uh, let's use appropriate language here. All right, thugs, uh, thugs. Let, let, okay, I'll call them thugs. Okay, so these thugs prevented the fire department from doing their job, and the fire department didn't do didn't do police brutality because fire departments do one thing: they're either they're first responders and or putting out fires. Yeah. They were trying to put out fires, and 
and they were trying to get to, let's say, people that were injured or whatever, and they were prevented from doing their job. Hmm. And, it was, and the firefighters had nothing to do with any of this. This was, this was all four idiot police officers. And now, thank God, they're all do we, fired. Do we know how fired. many people? Do we know how many cops are in the uh, in Minneapolis police force? No idea. I'm sure I, it's more than four. Well, yeah, but these were the four that were. No, I'm, totally I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm sure it's more than yeah. four. Yeah. And they already had what at least three of their police precinct, uh, precincts that were uh, firebombed. I yeah. think. Well, I know one for sure because that was really in the news. But they had another three that um that that they that they got so like i mean a, a lot of i mean you, you can't condemn at, at, you know the actions like you can condemn an actions of a few but you can't take it out on everybody because there are honest police cops there are honest politicians and i keep asking honest, I mean, and i keep asking the question sheldon what did target ever do to anybody one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call. Get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. I'm Howie Silberger. He's Sheldon Eric Fried, my long-suffering producer. We are talking about uh, we're talking about thuggery, thuggery in the streets. Uh, I, I didn't see very much thuggery, Sheldon, uh, from the Jewish community after synagogues in Los Angeles and Montreal were were both uh, desecrated in the last couple of days. There, there wasn't much thuggery in the streets. I didn't see many Jews going out and ripping down. Uh, ripping down uh, society and, and destroying cars and uh, and firebombing police off police uh, no. police stations. I, I didn't see that because, happening because they were smart enough not to do thuggery because they would realize that that they would not get their point across. If you do one, if it was one bad deed and, and another bad deed again, two wrongs don't make a right. So they were smart enough not to do this kind of thuggery. Um, obviously, what happened at the synagogues are obviously. You know, it's uh, it's unacceptable. And the people, I don't know if they found these people yet. I don't know anything more about they it. They haven't found anybody yet. Okay. But, um, but I hope that these people can be found and brought to ju justice with the full extent of the law and saying, you know what, this is not acceptable. Two weeks ago, Sheldon, there were three churches in southern United States that were desecrated. Uh, they, they, had, um, they, had, they had slogans written on them. I can't repeat the slogans on the air. I won't repeat the slogans on the air. They had slogans okay. written on them, and, uh, and one of them was broken into. The stained glass windows were broken. The cross was ripped off the wall. Uh, they, they were really desecrated. Uh, I, didn't okay. see, I didn't see Catholics uh, jumping into the street and beating people up and, and destroying property and causing millions of dollars of damage. Uh, I didn't see that happening either. So uh, what, is it with, uh, what is it with this one community that continuously goes out and riots? Why, why, why is it only one community? Well, you know what? What I've seen in some of the looting in some of the major cities, um, it's and, and it's uh, it's not just the blacks that were looting. There were a lot of other. There were a lot of other. There were white people too that were looting. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and I've I'm sure because, because they were showing a TV screen of a uh, of a Milwaukee. I don't know. I guess it was a supermarket or Target. I don't remember what it was. And it was being uh, and it was being looted. And this is another city too. They don't. Ha Milwaukee doesn't have a lot of problems either. But there was a uh, it was, somebody was shooting the, the video, and they, the, uh, you saw black people, white people. You saw women, black women, white women. You saw Hispanics. You saw you saw you saw every you you practically saw everybody. And I was saying, you know what? 
obviously this is all wrong and obviously what these stores have anything to do with they just decided well i'm just going to take my frustrations out and get a color tv or or pick up the you know food or whatever the case is because the police are going to be so busy because you know what they all they also uh and i'm saying this in a sarcastic uh tune they were so-called smart because they also realized the police were not going to uh go there because they would have been they would have been possibly killed yeah by so many looters and they basically just let them they just let them loot the store because they couldn't do the police were couldn't do anything isn't that scary the police isn't that yeah, scary and that's scary and even when when some people are putting uh setting uh places ablaze even the fire fire uh people uh, fire uh, uh fighters are scared to go because they don't even, because usually they would be protected by the police. If the police don't want to protect them, they're not going to go and 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 uh, and, and get themselves killed. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Get in on the conversation. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. It's uh, very scary. It is scary, Sheldon. And and, uh, and, and I'm petrified. I and I'm petrified. Uh, I'm petrified that, you know, like if something were to happen in Montreal or something were to happen in Canadian cities and already there was a, a big protest in London. I don't know if anything happened there, but I know there was a f- big protest. It's, it's going around the world already. It's starting to go around the world. But like the United States, you think they were in a war zone. Yeah, they are in a war zone. It is a and war now, zone. now, like when you see buildings burned down in cities, like usually that would not have this type of problem. I mean, you take a city like New York, you take a city like L.A. or Philadelphia or whatever, this is, you, you're prone to see, you see things like that um, because they have a lot of depressed areas. There's a lot of violence in those cities. I've been to, I've been to East L.A., not, uh, not great. I've been, I've, been a, I've been to Harlem in New York, not great. I've even been to Washington, D.C., and, and I wound myself up in a bad area. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I know that these places could be very, very scary at the best of times. I've been in Detroit when there was a murder occurred two or three blocks from where I was. Um, it's frightening. It's scary. And people, you know, people have to get a grip. And you, you, the ways to do it to peacefully protest is to put pressure on politicians and governors not to riot, not to set uh, set. Uh, businesses ablaze not, not to, to not to rob target yeah exactly not to kill innocent people not to rob any stores any business looting or setting businesses on fire setting police stations on fire because that completely negates the power that a that a peaceful protest has oh, earlier today sheldon i posted on uh, the howie silberger show page and on uh, my personal page a um a a, a commentary no, a commentary by uh, Valerie Sobel. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, no. It said, pecking order, nothing more. So George, this is what she wrote. George Floyd isn't mourned by anyone on the streets of America. He's just another conduit in the pursuit of anarchy and of general lawlessness and has been the case since Obama made it fashionable by condoning these types of expressions under the umbrella of minority frustrations with law enforcement. Truth be known, this tragic incident isn't representative of anything but horrific actions of one bad cop or a group of cops, as some other individual incidents have been. Truth be known, most crime in America is black-on-black crime, and therefore most incarcerations are of black men. This is a cultural culprit that resulted from economic, political, and ethical issues related to community and family structure. Instead of addressing the real issues plaguing general statistics, the media fans the Floyd incident 
and the leftist mobs is only too happy to provide the inter entertainment by looting, destroying, and killing and burning. And none of it, none of it has to do with the timeline of arresting a bad cop. None of it has anything to do with George Floyd, and it never has. Every speech given by mayors and governors to express grief over the tragic Floyd death only fuels the mob and gives further permission to terrorize innocent people, their homes and their businesses. Until they arrest every single rioter, this anarchy will continue. In an act of individual police brutality sets off a cross-country domestic terrorism by the same cross-section of young, unemployed, uneducated Antifa-sympathizing leftist mobs with a clear pattern, then the goal is only political. George Floyd is nothing but a convenient happenstance to spark, justify, and glorify their criminality and agenda. Someone said, quote, Once the writing started, they've lost the argument, end quote. They never had an argument. They had matches, bats, and tifa. But most importantly, they had an agenda of leftist goals, of power and control and violent intimidation, and Obama-conditioned hatred, nothing more. The most abused ethnic group throughout the centuries in every country by every government has been the Jews. Governments used law enforcement and laws to keep Jews as third-class citizens for centuries. When, that was the last, when was the last time you saw Jews in masks in the streets of any city with matches setting police cars on fire? And how long Never. would that have been tolerated? Did Jews sack American businesses when black criminals decided to burn down a Jewish school? went on a rampage in a Jewish community and killed innocents in a Jewish supermarket just a few months ago in New Jersey? Did Jews riot in the streets when, black, when a black man ripped into a Jewish Hanukkah celebration and killed innocent people in months in New York? 900 violent hate crimes have been reported in 2018, the most recent year of statistics, against Jews in the U.S., the highest number on record and highest number of hate crimes against any ethnic group. Where's the looting? Where are the protests? Where is the angry Antifa mob in defense of the Jews? Shouldn't Jews be rioting after 400 years of slavery, which then followed by murder, rape, raids, exiles, programs, exclusions from everything, and incessant criminalization in every part of the globe, and a holocaust? Shouldn't they have gone on the march of frustration when American laws prohibited them from entering all educational facilities and earning a living from professional endeavors? Shouldn't they have burned down a few banks and government buildings when cross-nation country clubs, golf clubs, and professional clubs in oil and gas and engineering industries prohibited Jews from entry and participation in as late as 1978? Where's the carnage? Here's what's really going on today. African-American established supremacy and minority pecking order. Backed by political agendas of the left, this is the only reason these anarchist riots aren't condemned at the onset. None of this double standard helps any minority groups. If a Korean or an East Indian group took to the streets because they're beef with law enforcement or any part of society, they'd be dealt with swiftly and punitively. If Japanese Americans took to the streets in violent protest over government internment camps, they'd be condemned and removed. If Native Americans began burning down cities for what was done to them in residential schools by government, they'd be arrested and hauled away. Since this is done in the name of Black America under the political flag of Black Lives Matters, backed by serious money, it's allowed to grow and flourish, and it's unquestioned and justified in the name of minority disadvantage, when what we are witnessing before us is actually the abuse of real advantage resulting from a clearly established minority's pecking order. All in the name of an innocent man named George Floyd. Disgusting. 
So that was written by uh, by Valerie Sobel, and I say th- I think she's right. I um I, I agree with her. Yeah, it sounds like she's uh, pretty much hit the nail right on the head. You know, look, my sympathy goes to to George Floyd, his family. It was just a horrendous. It was just a horrendous act. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he's not alone. But it was Rodney the act. Of, but it was the act of four individual police officers. It wasn't the yes. act of Target. It wasn't the act of Walmart. It wasn't the no, act of, I, of this I, liquor I've store owner. That. I've said that. Of course, it's not the act of any of these stores, any of these businesses, other individuals that were not the police office, those four police officers and everybody else. No, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I, as far as I'm concerned, they should take these four police officers, charge, convict them and throw them in general population. They won't last a second. Yeah. That, end the story. OK, or, number one. Number or two, bring back public hangings. I'm good with that, too. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what the people would love to love to see or, or, or uh, you know, strap them down and, uh, you know, do the capital punishment crimes against them, I'm sure. But, you know, could you imagine if you see countries like North Korea, China, if, th- if these these demonstrations were to happen on the happen on the street, you know, how many people would be killed. The Chinese government would kill them. Well, look what they're doing in Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you exactly. just have to look at Hong Kong to understand what China would do to protesters. Yeah. So, I mean, so it, it shows like you allow a country for freedom, which obviously I, I, I stand for freedom, just like you stand for freedom, freedom of expression. However, definitely. Uh, however, there's there's expression and there's violence and there's thuggery. That's a different story. It's one thing to say. Well, the idea is, like, Sheldon, I don't like freedom of expression. I don't like a politician. I don't like this. I don't like that free speech. That doesn't hurt anybody. Freedom of expression what? has limits. Um, well, yeah, exactly. If okay. it's a racist thing. No, I, I don't even care if you're racist. You can be as racist as you want, right? I believe in free speech. So there's no such thing as hate speech and free speech. If I don't like something you're saying, I don't have to listen to you, okay? Okay. So I, I have no issue with hate speech. I have no issue with any of that because I believe in free speech. And the second you start limiting people on what they can say and what they can't say, unless, of course, you're on the radio, right? Because there are, there are rules about that. But, uh, but yep. if, um, but once Except you start. for our station. Right. Yeah, of course. Uh, But when you start limiting people on what they can and can't say, uh, you're limiting people's freedom. And I I have a problem with that. But Mm -hmm. um, but say what you want. I don't care. You libel me. There's there's rules against libel. So, you know, say what you want, as long as you're not like personally hurting somebody or or destroying somebody's livelihood. But there's a difference between free speech, Shelton, and uh, free expression and beating up an old lady who's just trying to defend her store. And, yeah, of course, uh, of course, of course. And stabbing a police officer because he happens to be wearing the same uniform as 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 the thug who killed the guy. Well, of course, naturally. I mean, there's there's quite you, a difference between one and the other. Uh, absolutely, there is. There's no question about it. I mean, you know, you you can't go after a police officer just because he or she's wearing the the uniform, uh, and right away say, "Oh, you're part of the," you know, you put all the all the same, you know, all the same cookies in the same basket. You know, that's that's not fair. And then to do violence on him or her and their family. No. But the the police officers that are responsible, first of all, not that I'm not that I'm saying that there's any excuse for this thuggery and the, and the rioting and looting and all this, because there's no excuse for this at all. I It's not unacceptable as far as I'm concerned, but I'm sure things will get calmer once these four people are, are tried, convicted, and they're thrown okay, in jail. Okay, so what if, what if these people, uh, well, one of them 
the, the main guy, he's being charged in third, with third-degree murder. Okay, Derek so, Chauvin is, take, is in custody. Yeah, yes. but he's being he's being charged with third-degree murder. Yes. So it's not first degree. He didn't plan out the murder. Or maybe he did. We no. don't know. Uh, well, the reason we don't know is because uh, he has a history with the guy who died. They worked in the they worked in a club together. They were security yeah. in a club together. So but we they never ha- but they never had any altercations but we as don't, far we, as we know. We don't know if this was a race thing or this was a personal thing. We don't know what the motivation okay. behind him killing him was. Everyone's assuming right. it was race, but it might not necessarily have been race. Maybe he borrowed money from him and he never paid him back. Maybe there was something else going on there. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but the guy um, put his knee in, in his neck and, and killed him. Yes, that we know. But what I'm saying is the motivation behind him killing him, we will never know. Okay? No. We don't know. Uh, maybe it'll come out eventually, but right now we don't know. Everyone's assuming it was racist and it was racially motivated, but it might not have been racially motivated. Okay. But putting that aside, let's assume it was racially motivated. Still doesn't give a license for people to go out and destroy other people's lives. Nothing nothing gives anybody the right to destroy other people's lives. And what do you think is going to happen when this guy gets convicted and he only gets a year because third-degree murder, I mean, a year or two years? And what do you think is going to happen after the conviction? So I, I got a newsflash for th- you. There'll be another riot. That's what's going to happen. Well, never, never, never mind there be another riot. This guy, this guy will, be, will be followed and something is going to happen to this guy. Because okay. there's no way in heck... And not that I think a murder, you know, to murder another person because he murdered somebody else is also the key, because that's the same thing we're talking about now with the riots and and looting. Just because a person killed another person, that does not mean that somebody should kill innocent people. Okay. So, you know, like, so the thing is that if he were to get off, and and boy, if that were to ever happen, I sure as heck wouldn't want to be anywhere in the United States if that ever happened. Because this will make the Rodney King incident look like a fly on the wall. But it, it really shouldn't. That's what I'm saying. And, and that's what there worries be. me. Because to answer your question, I would be, I would be scared. I would be scared to death. Uh, me too. Because we, we already know what's going to happen. That's why. Yeah, we already anticipate what's going to happen. Because look what happened with Rodney King. The white police officers got off. Yeah. And there were riots in the street. And I remember the police security perimeter around the L.A. County Courthouse. And I'll never forget that day. And I can, I can remember about, about how, how, how much that was going to be and everything. And the, and the amount of property damage, not to mention 60 people died. 60 people and a $1.2 billion worth of damage just in that city alone. Could you imagine what's going to be across the United States? Yeah. The $1.2 billion is going to be like pennies. Yeah. and, and there's no Even re- in Minneapolis, it's probably going to be that much. And there's no excuse for that. No, of Absolutely course, there's no never excuse. an excuse. It, there's never an excuse for that any way, shape, or form. I do not, I do, I do not find this absolutely uh, acceptable. I don't. It's unacceptable. And you know what? Whatever points they wanted to do it is completely out the window. Because because rioting and looting never solved anything. And innocent people and businesses are completely destroyed. For 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 not doing anything. For, no, for no not doing own. anything. Just for being... Like, I, w- I, wouldn't, I would be scared to even have a peaceful protest and be on the street because if that would have ever turned bad, God knows what my safety would be. Uh, you know, I would be... Plus, you're also, worried about, you're also worried about contracting COVID-19. Well, when you're, when you're doing this kind, kind of, uh, of thuggery, whatever, 
COVID 19s out the window because they don't give a, a you know, H-E-double-L hockey sticks yeah. of COVID 19. They don't care. So, uh, so they don't care. There's hundreds of thousands of people on the street. There's 5,000 people just in Montreal alone, never mind Minneapolis, met, never mind LA, New York, Philadelphia. That's forget it. Social distancing? What's social distancing? Yeah. They're going to they're going to go on a peaceful protest, even a peaceful protest. There's no social distancing. Everybody's with a close po- uh, close proximity of one another. And never mind when riots come up, come about and everything like that. It's you know, forget it. This could you know, this is not going to do COVID-19 any good. So let me understand how these riots spread across the country. So the way I understand it is that uh, the riots started in Minnesota and then they moved across the country. Now, yep. so are these people watching television saying that, hey, they're riding in Minnesota, let's go on a ride here? I mean, uh, what is the thought process behind these riots? How, how, do, how do they move like that? It's like a snowball. You take a small snowball and it starts getting bigger and bigger but, and but, bigger. And then the thuggery what, people... What kind, of, what, kind used, of thought, what kind of thought process has to go into seeing a riot on television and saying, huh, that looks like fun, let's go do that in our town? I mean, well, it would, it would be divided into two instances, Howie. One would be the ones that, let's say, want to organize a peaceful protest in their major city. Yeah. And that's fine and dandy. Like you said, a peaceful protest to get your point across without any kind of violence, any kind of, uh, you know, like a legitimate peaceful pro, uh, protest. Or, and the other side is the violent, the thuggery, the, you know, the, uh, the looting the destruction of property and the destruction of people's lives. That's what it is. And there's two different facets of people involved in every city that's be, that, that demonstrations are being. That's why I'm worried about Montreal. That's why I'm worried about, you know, any other city that has not made the news, net with the, uh, news yet with these protests. Because if the ones that are doing, like if the Montreal uh, protest is peaceful, yeah, great, great. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody gets, you know... All, all property and lives are protected. Great. Police are doing their job to make to ensure crowd control. Great. Nobody's, you know, the, the might be the odd arguing with the police thing, but if nothing gets out of hand and, and, and the, you know, and it's also, also, you know, when I was watching other, other news stations and whatever, and I would, I would look at some of this stuff online and I would go on a certain website and they would say, you know, a lot of these things when it comes to police brutality, they, the things that they, they, they're so missing is the proper training and the proper sensitivity training. Now, how in the world, when you, when you get George Floyd that was already handcuffed. Now, let's remember this. Yeah. He was already handcuffed. He couldn't go anywhere. There was no place he could have gone. There were four policemen surrounding him. So, so he had nowhere to go. Plus, there was nothing in any video so far that I have seen. And, and if anybody has seen something else and, and, and I've missed it, please correct me if I'm wrong. But here's the situation. He was already subdued. He was already handcuffed. He, the videos that I've seen, he did not do any kind of protest with the police. He sat down when the policeman brought him over to the bench. He sat down. He did not use any profanity. Hey, any so we know the cops were wrong, Sheldon. I mean, uh, you know, we don't have to keep rehashing. We know the cops were wrong. The cops so, so, intentionally killed the guy. So how come the police were not trained? How did... How did maybe how they were. Cop- maybe these, these guys were just bad cops. That happens. Maybe. They were, they were bad cops. Sheldon, uh, we, got a, we, got a question. Pers- we got a question on Facebook. Isaac asks, I'm trying to understand something. 
The black community does not want anyone to equate black people with thuggery, despite the riots which, for the most part, are being perpetrated by the black community. But it's okay for them to equate all police officers with the murders, uh, with that murder in uniform in Minneapolis, and thereby causes violence or assaults them. So I'm trying to understand well, again, why. I, well, like again, two wrongs don't make a right. No, absolutely because, not. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, if they would have been done peaceful protest, then they would have been that they, then they would have been in the right. Once you start going over that line, you completely diminish any kind of logic, any kind of intelligence. And it's exactly what you just would but, but say. You know, but you it's know what happens, Sheldon? You know what happens? The President of the United States, um, after that Charlottetown, uh, ra- ra- after that Charlottetown demonstration, where uh, a small number of KKK guys showed up and uh, and marched down the street, uh-huh. but uh, but there was not a ra- there was not a rally aside from that KKK rally. There was not a rally that was there, and that mm-hmm. rally was peaceful people. Some people wanted to keep a Confederate statue. Some people wanted to get rid of the Confederate statue. And there were peaceful people standing there and uh, just uh, talking to each other. And it was mm. a very peaceful protest on one side and the other side. And when the president was asked a specific question regarding the people protesting the, the monument, not the, uh, not, the, not the KKK guys, but about people protesting the monument, and he said there were good people on both sides there and they should just, uh, they should just talk to each other and kind of work it out. He was, he was quoted by, by major media as saying that, uh, that he said that the Nazis were good people. But that's not what he said. So how much does the media play into this, uh, this whole let's riot, let's destroy America thing? Well, you know that media will always sensationalize news. And how many times you and I have discussed about it when you have good news stuff versus bad news stuff? Well, guess what gets, the, gets most of the air and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the coverage and everything is obviously the bad news, not the good news. Like you said, you've had uh, one show you wanted to completely devote to good news and you hardly yeah. had any calls. And then you would have... I got no uh, calls, no calls, Sheldon, not hardly yeah, any, uh, zero. And then, you would, and then you would have topics that were obviously very bad, very grave news, very serious news and your lines would be flooded. That's what media does, and they take that and they 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 appetize it up so much. And so, they, do you think that said, media? Said, do you think that media incites some of these fights? I, it's I don't I do I think that they incite. I'm sure certain media's do, and some media just wants to cover the facts and wants to. The, the I haven't seen a media wanting to cover the facts in years. Well, th- years ago, that's what all okay, but, media But I'm talking about do. 2020. I'm not talking about... Uh, 2020, no. 2020 is all... I'm not talking about 20 years ago. I'm talking about today. 2021 word, Howie, sensationalism. Yeah, nobody's interested in the facts. No. Nobody cares what happened. It's all about clips. It's all about, it's all about ratings. It's not about the quality. It's about ratings. It's about the bottom line, and it's about sensationalism. That's what it is. And I hate to say it because you and I have been in the media. I hate to say it, but that's exactly what 2020, you're asking about 2020. That's yeah. exactly what 2020 is. Because we're living and in yes, 2020. media is playing a part of this. Absolutely. No question about it. And so how do, how do, we, how do we stop the media from inciting riots, which would destroy people's lives, kill people, maim <laughs> people, hurt people? Uh, how do we stop the media from inciting this kind of thing? Well, they would have to go back to their old roots, Howie. Something that you and I have been born and uh, were, were brought up and went to pro- a proper, you know, we were the uh, training of uh, proper journalistic protocols. And that's what a lot of media needs to do now, especially the sensational media, which is, which is about 90 to 95% of them now. 
And that's until they do that. And again, it's all about the training. You know, training has a lot to do with everything. It has a lot to do with proper police procedure, has a lot to do with proper media coverage, has a lot to do with putting the intelligence back at the people. So people, if they don't agree with something, which people have a right to disagree, yeah. is to do it properly. That's why, you know, this is why when, when it comes to debates, and this is what it comes to... There, there is no such thing as debate anymore. 2020 debate well, doesn't exist. Well, that, this is the thing, too. It doesn't it's, happen. You know... And this is when it comes to also there's sensationalism in politics. Yeah, it's look. not it's not about the facts on either side of the spectrum anymore. It's about, you know, oh, did you see what this person do? Oh, I want to see this person's uh, credentials. I want to see, and it's it's personal attacks. It's not the credibility of issues anymore. Look, just just Most, just earlier today, yeah, um, it's one, all character assassinations. Just earlier today, one of my friends he um, he posted up on Facebook. Uh, condemning Donald Trump for his uh, executive order on Thursday, uh, demanding a review of how social media conducts themselves and uh, if social media is actually suppressing a certain point of view, which they are. Um, and you know, he, 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 he was against this because he says it's against freedom of speech. So I, said, so I asked him a simple question. I said to him, well, where were you speaking? Where, where was your voice when social media decided to suppress the other side? So they, they have their point of view. And people who counter their point of view have been suppressed on social media. Where was your voice condemning that? So why are you condemning the president for saying, let's look into this and try to solve this problem when you accepted readily that they were, that they were condemning something that you didn't agree with? So you know what his answer was? Because this is a political debate today. Guess what his answer mm -hmm. was? No idea. You're an idiot. That, that was his answer. Oh. You're an idiot. So instead of having a rational discussion saying, okay, maybe social media was guilty of doing this kind of thing, and there's a lot of proof that they did, uh, his, his response was, you're an idiot. And then, uh, then when I pushed him a little further and I asked him a, a follow-up question saying, well, so you're okay with social media suppressing the other side? His answer was, you're a fool. So, so not, there you I'm go. That's from, political I'm debate from, today, right? I'm not for media, social, or otherwise to suppress any facts. They should bring both facts all sides into consideration. That's what everybody should do. I, I and agree. For, uh, and, and for you and myself to make our own independent decisions based on, guess what, two words, the facts. Not suppression, the facts. I agree with you 100%. But unfortunately, more people agree with my friend than agree with you. That, and, and the thing, and the thing that is, you if, know, if if it, it doesn't if it doesn't agree, if they don't agree with every single word being said, if they don't agree with every point of view being expressed, then they can't talk to you. They can't be your friend. They can't they can't be well, anywhere near you. And that's and that, the way that, the society is today. And that's the way the media has conditioned society to be today. It's that person's it, it's that person's problem. And the thing is, like I said, nobody should be suppressed. Not the president. Not the citizens. Not anybody. All the facts should come into play. And I, I believe you and I have the mindset and other adults our age have the mindsets to be able to make our own decision without suppression. And I think I that that's and, and that's the that's what I always believed. And, and I'm sure you were brought up this way, too. And I know that you were brought up this way is that there's three sides to every story. There's there's one side, the other. And then it's the truth. But the media its responsibility is to bring an unbiased all sides to light and then for the people to be able to consume all this information 
And then if they choose to make opinions based on what they hear, then it's their own mindset. But at least the media's responsibility is to take the story from all angles and put it out there for everybody without any kind of pressure from the ownership, politicians or anybody. Media should be an independent body of people that that want one thing, that have the desire and passion to take a news story, to take any kind of a news story, good or bad, put everything out there for everybody, and then for the people themselves to make up their own minds. Unfortunately, that's and, not how media works anymore. And I'm sick and tired when, peop- when media gets controlled by whoever, and they're stymied because they don't trust us this to is- make... This is our not own, new, Sheldon, though. This is not new. Minds. This is not new. 26, no, I know it's not 26 new. years ago when I started in media, I, I've told the story a hundred times on the show. 26 years ago when I started in media, my first story I went out to cover. I got both sides of the issue. I, I wrote a good, balanced story, and the publisher of the paper told the editor, we're not publishing that. You have to rewrite the story to fit our point of view. See, that's the problem. And then the story was rewritten with my byline. It wasn't my story, but my byline. It was rewritten by somebody else to reflect the publisher's point of view, not necessarily what happened at the, uh, at the event. Look, I've always said that, that, uh, that publishers or any kind of ownership from the media should have no business in, in, uh, in uh, favoring or, or promoting or, or saying that this, we, we endorse this political party. They have no business. But I don't that's care. That's what they do today. That's, I know that's, that's what, what it they is. do. I know. I mean, tell me something I don't know. The biggest medias in the world are endorsing this one, that one, whatever, and that's wrong. And, I, and, and you know, I don't care. If they want to make private contributions to the politicians, go for it. Go for it. A journalist shouldn't you know, be whatever, doing that either. You, A journalist shouldn't you know, be whatever. doing that either. should be an illusion, an illusion, at least an illusion of objectivity. But, uh, you know, you, you watch Fox News, and they have the commentators on at night. And you watch CNN, they have the commentators on at night. And, you know, a guy like Sean Hannity publicly says on his show that I support Trump, and uh, I'm here <laughs> to, to thump my chest for Trump. And a guy like uh, Don Lemon, you know, clearly says that that he's anti-Trump and he doesn't care what the president does. The president could cure cancer and he'll still find something wrong with that. So, I mean, it's wrong. Yeah. So so what what are we watching here? Yeah, exactly. We're watching indoctrination. This is indoctrination channels. These channels are there to indoctrinate people. And the thing is, it's public airwaves. It's they're governed by the FCC and the FCC themselves should crack down and say, you know what? This is not acceptable. But they don't. The CRTC should clamp down. This is not acceptable. But they don't. And, that's and the, the no, they don't. And that's the biggest. And that's the biggest problem. So you get, so you get big me- media and and uh, look, it happened even in this country, of a certain ownership uh, person that got himself into big doo-doo with the CRTC, big trouble. Yeah. Um, because he was forcing some of his news reporters, uh, like the their editorials or their opinions were not allowed. Yeah, and 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 I'm sorry. And he said, you, "I'm paying the bills, so hey, you know, yeah, that's what e- it is." Exactly. So I mean, you know, your opinion doesn't count on anything, and the thing is that you can't editorialize. It's only strictly to the owners, owners thing. And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't agree with that. It's disgusting, and it's it's uh, it's disgusting. It goes to everything. It goes against everything that I was brought up with, and, and I believed. You know, but and I'm the, sorry, this but, is but, not but to acceptable. Use, to use a catchphrase that they're using now, that's the new normal, isn't it? Yeah, and unfortunately, that's wrong. 
I agree with you. It's and 100% that's, wrong. That's totally wrong. And I and I feel anybody that goes into journalism today, they're gonna they're really gonna have to they're gonna walk in and they're gonna they're they're gonna be blindsided with a lot of this stuff, because they'd be taught by journalism school this this and that, and all of a sudden they go in and saying, well, wait a minute, there's a certain amount of training, yes, but also all of a sudden I'm being controlled. I can't get to the facts anymore. Somebody's telling me what and what I cannot do. You know, I was a journalist before I went to journalism school, and. Um, and the things I learned in the newsroom before I went to journalism school totally, totally was contradictory to what they were teaching in journalism school. It wasn't anywhere close to reality. No, no. And then when I went through, uh, when I went through journalism school, um, what I learned in journalism school was that you don't take schooling seriously that because this is not the reality. This is not how journalism works. The professors are totally out of touch. And they yeah. were because, you know, I went back out and I tried to apply some of the skills that they taught us uh, in, in, in journalism class. And I was just laughed at by, uh, by, by news directors. They just laughed at me. Because a lot of them were the old school journalism that they believed. And, and when they came out and what they were taught, they were taught the proper way. And then all of a sudden, the new norm, like you said, yeah. it's, they're being laughed. Like people that are graduating, they're being laughed out of the box. One of the, uh, one of the news directors that I worked for was a major newspaper, big, big newspaper. And I worked in their newsroom for a little while. And one of the, um, one of the editors came over to me and said to me, uh, I want to talk to you about the story that you wrote. He, it wasn't published yet. I had submitted it for, be pub for publication, but it hadn't been published yet. And it was a major story. It was a major um, – I, I was an investigative journalist, and it was a major investigative piece that I had worked on. And uh, he says to me, let me talk to you about this. I said, okay. And he says, um, you seem to uh, hold back a little bit in, in what you were writing. So I'm sure you have more information, but you didn't put all that information down. Why? So I said to him, well, I learned a long time ago that if the information that I have in any investigative piece that I, that I write has um, detrimental, de detrimental ramifications to the ownership of the paper, it's best that I don't put it into the, into the piece, right? And, and the guy looked at me and said to me, where did you learn that? I said, well, we learned that um, I learned that working in newsrooms. He said, you didn't learn that in journalism school. I said, no, I learned that working in newsrooms because, I mean, you don't want to slap your owner's face, right? This is, nope. this is what it is. So if, the, if it's going to hurt the owner, then you try to stay away from the story or try to, to spin the story in a way that's not going to hurt the owner. True. And, and he says to me, what did your gut tell you? Like, like you know, gut-wise, what, what, what does your gut tell you? I said, my gut tells me that I should write the story straight. So he made me write the story straight. And I wrote the story straight, and he published it. And then you know what happened? What happened? I got fired. Whoops. I got fired. Ah, uh, what a way to end off the show, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happened. I got fired. I got fired for, for following my gut, for, for you know, using my journalist, uh, my, 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 my journal, my, my, uh, my training, my journalistic training. There you go. Un unbelievable. But that's life. That's the way it works. Unfortunately. Yeah, I've heard all the people say, yep. Unfortunately, that's the way it works. Yeah. It, it's right, very fine. sad. So oh I, hope, I hope and I pray, Sheldon, that, uh, that these riots will end sometime soon. And that so people, will come to their, people will come to their senses and realize mm -hmm. that this is not the way to get your point across. People will realize yep. that this is not the way to, uh, to, to make friends and win over you know, and to influence people. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, uh, the world... Aside from COVID-19 and the pandemic and everything else that's going on in the world, 
maybe the world will get back to some semblance of normality sometime soon. Boy, not, that would be nice. I'm not that holding would be my, nice for everyone. I'm not yep. holding my breath, Sheldon, but I'm hoping that one day mm-hmm. we will see a return to normalcy. You and me both. It's not going to happen anytime. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, though. Unfortunately. <sighs> you look at what's going on, I don't think so. Nope. Not at all. All right. I'm Howie Silberger. He's Sheldon Eric Freed. This is the Howie Silberger Show. We are going to go. Um, you know what? I um, We're going to go. Uh, I want to tell you that I'll be back on on Tuesday night. Uh, I'll be on at, uh, I don't know what time I'll be on. Check, uh, you know, always like the Facebook page, the Howie Silberger Show Facebook page. And um, I'll be on Tuesday night. I will be on with the Howie Silberger Show for an hour. And then I will be on with Political Hitman at midnight on Tuesday. So that's midnight going into Wednesday. Uh, so we'll see you again then. Uh, until then, I wish you a safe and, uh, and a happy day and a happy week. Uh, yeah. Uh, keep safe. Uh, remember social... Yeah. Remember to social distance and do all the stuff that they're telling you to do because uh, you don't want to catch this nasty disease. Nope. And uh, and I hope to see you again on Tuesday. I'm Howie. Take He's care, Sheldon. Everybody. Take care, and we'll see you then.